from the mind of Danny Atwell. Dark Charmedia's Fascination Street. Starring Paul Schroyer as Damon Holloway. Christopher Hangel as Rafferty. Emily McEnulty as Carrie White. Jesse Kirkland as Roderick Von Bismarck. And Dan McMcCloskey as the gatekeeper. Welcome to the linchpin of the Dark Charm Universe. Damon looked toward Rafferty, still in the guise of Bob Hope, and shrugged his shoulders. So, now that I'm here, what's next? What do I do now? Well, first things first. I think you can take those bandages off now. Damon began unwrapping the bandage. Really? The doctors told my parents I had a bad cut back there. Not to insult their abilities, but that is a correct term. Had. You see, in the Nexus Eternal, you will heal faster because time means nothing here. You will also cease to age while in any realm you wander other than your original one. In essence, you are rendered immortal. Damon smirked as he finished unwrapping his head. He felt the back of his head and realized that Rafferty was right. A question came to his mind. What happens if my original timeline is no longer there? What happens to me then? That is impossible. Nothing like that can happen unless the demonic powers really found a catalyst to cause a change like that. But in the natural order of things, that can't happen. Your world is the linchpin of all the multiverse. So where do I sleep when I'm not on a mission? I don't suppose there's a barracks for Watchmen, is there? Rafferty began to nod as if remembering something. That's right. Human beings, even though immortal, still need to sleep. And you also need to eat as well. Yeah? Did this Bismarck guy never eat or anything? He took his sustenance from the realms he watched over. Wherever he went, he ate, slept, and took his companionship from the worlds he visited. You should be able to do the same without any repercussions. But if you are in a situation where you cannot sleep in those realms, you can slumber here in the Nexus. I can also give you new clothing to replace what you've lost. Rafferty handed him what looked like a dark gray unitard suit. He slipped off the hospital gown that he was wearing and put on the gray suit. Why is it so drab? Not very much style here. That other version of me had a black one with some circuitry and shit. It's not a matter of style, but adaptability. That suit will become anything you wish it to become. It helps you blend in the worlds you visit, and even in extreme cases, survive those worlds. Watchmen need every advantage possible to do their tasks. As for this type, I would view this as a training suit to help you advance your understanding of what it can do and how it can do it. How did Bismarck do all that being attached to that lamppost over there? He isn't. You are. What do you mean? 
He has a different focal point to access the whole of creation than you do. In fact, all the Watchmen have a focal point that allows them to police over their realms. How smart would it be to have both of you using the same method of travel? All he would have to do is complete his tasks and then destroy the post. Can that happen? Damon asked as he adjusted to the unitar that he was wearing. He had to admit it was the most comfortable thing that he had ever worn. Yes, it can. But the lamppost is made to exist almost as an afterthought in the reality it is residing. Only you can access it. Only you can sense it. After your initial accident, it became attuned with your blood. How many of them are there? Watchmen, I mean. In the beyond, there have been hundreds of Watchmen. There are three of you now. After the Defiling Horde's war waged against us, one of you is Bismarck, so I guess he doesn't count anymore. Two? For like the whole of creation, there are only two of us? There should be more, considering that there are probably infinite realities and worlds and times out there. You would be surprised how most of the time the other realms are peaceful, but you are correct. We need at least one more. Will I run into any other Watchmen? Aside from Bismarck, maybe. But that's highly unlikely. Damon turned around and looked at the lamppost and scratched his face. Rafferty continued looking at him. Shilling for your thoughts? Damon turned around with a quirked eyebrow. Shillings? Shit. When was the last time you visited America? We use dollars now. It's been a long time. When did this happen? Like, when we finally became a nation, Rafferty. You need to watch worlds more. That is not my job. That is yours. Whatever. Okay, here I go. Good journey, Watchman. See you in a bit. Damon said as he put his hand on the lamppost and closed his eyes. His mind opened up to the very fabric of creation. He saw so many different worlds and realities that he didn't know where to begin. For the moment, they were his to explore. He saw a world that sort of looked like the world he just left and pulled his hand away. He opened his eyes to see that it was broad daylight and looked much like the neighborhood that he had just left. However, there were glaring differences present as soon as his eyes opened. He pulled his hands through his long hair and gazed around. The street below him as well as the sidewalk were red brick cobblestone. Several of the houses were more or less joined making row homes, but there were still several stories high. And there were no automobiles of any kind. There were still horse-drawn carriages walking the streets. He didn't move back in time at any point, but it was strange of him to see that there were no cars. He stepped away from the lamppost, knowing at this point that he didn't want to veer too far away from the only source of his salvation if the shit hit the fan. He walked out of the alleyway and was startled to find that there were hardly any people on the street. Some of the houses were flying the Union Jack of the United Kingdom, but with 13 stripes on it like his American flag. Whoa. Where? When am I? In the distance, he heard the sound of a crowd as well as a small plume of smoke rising in the air. It didn't look like a fireplace or anything similar. Alright, I'll bite. Maybe I can find some food over there. He started walking swiftly in the direction of all the commotion. Five minutes later, he found out what the commotion was. There was a group of people gathered on what looked like a town square or maybe a neighborhood square. He noticed that he was also severely out of place with his dress. 
he noticed that all of these people were wearing what could only be described as Neo-Pilgrim style. As soon as he gazed at the people there, his unitard suit transformed into almost a replica of what they were wearing. How rad is that? He walked closer to the people at first looking for food, but then saw that there were people being shackled and led to the middle of the square. One of them was a beautiful woman, with her dark hair covered in a modest hood. Damon's heart jumped in his chest as he gazed upon her. Leave it to the cure to make him feel romantically poetic about death. He analyzed the situation and saw that tears had been streaming down her eyes for what seemed like hours. She looked tired and resigned to what would happen next. A man of large stature walked into the middle of three posts that were embedded on platforms in the square. There were three other men who wore hoods leading her, and two others to large wooden stakes embedded into the ground. The hooded men stripped down the prisoners to their underwear. She was left in a slip, as her pale porcelain skin shone in the sunlight. Who would dare harm this immaculate creature, Damon thought. The hooded men pulled out some large metal jugs and doused the prisoners with a liquid from inside. The smell wafted toward Damon as he recognized it easily. It was kerosene. His old man used to power a heater when they went camping, and whenever he smelled it, it reminded him of the good times. This, however, was nothing of the sort. He shook his head in disbelief as he found a newspaper dangling at his feet. He bent over and picked it up. He read the front page. It said, Queen City Chronicle, March 21st, 2014. He continued reading, and from what he gathered, this could not be the 21st century. What was the catalyst to make this world so different from his own? There was a headline in there about the conclusion of a witch trial, and that three conspirators were going to be burned at the stake for their guilty verdict in the case. The woman's name, ironically enough, was Carolyn White. Caroline. Carrie. Carrie White. If this isn't some interesting shit, I love that book. He was interrupted from his thoughts with the sound of a booming voice bellowing over the crowd. It looked like a biblical minister of sorts, but no doubt had the air of a mayor or other politician about him. Dear friends and citizens, today we are here to condemn these blasphemous souls who have committed treason not only in the sight of Almighty God, but in the province of Queensland in the United Kingdom of Britannia, North America, Australia, and France. Their souls, for their impious nature, have been granted the right to join their master in hell, Lucifer, for their crimes against the community and against Almighty God. Kill them all! Wow. They're going to be fried. He looked down at his gear. How do I get these people out of this? He had no weapons that he could think of with him. Then he got an idea out of nowhere. He smiled deviously. The large man continued. As the governor of Queensland and the presiding minister of Queen City, I hereby condemn these wretched souls to the devil. Kill them all! One of the hooded men standing next to the governor handed him a lit torch. The woman with whom Damon was smitten looked up into the sky to pray for a miracle. Damon saw her blue eyes and almost melted. He knew he had to do something soon, or she was going to die. Just before the governor touched the first prisoner, a blazing white light came from behind the crowd. In all of his glory, Damon shone as bright as an angel as he tried to make the world convinced 
that he indeed actually was what he was trying to pull off. I am the angel of the Lord Most High. Free these people at once. They have found mercy in the eyes of the Lord. Demon bellowed as if he were at a rock concert. The people fell to their knees in debilitating fear. Even the governor was taken aback. The maid in white looked at Damon as if he was what he claimed to be. But what happened next confused and startled Damon as he started floating up into the air. He couldn't break character, so to speak, as he found that he was floating toward the staged area in the middle of the square. Your meager authority is nothing compared to the power of God! He looked at the woman who was in deep concentration. There was definitely something more to this woman than he originally thought. Damon landed and pointed toward the men who were performing this atrocity. Release these people at once! The men were about to, but the governor decided to speak once more. Fair angel, why do you ask them to be released? If you are truly an angel of the Lord, you can rend their bonds with a mere thought. Damon pointed at the governor, still in character. You, sir! You defy the will of God! No, I do not, but in the good book it says that the devil himself was once an angel of light, that he can tempt the populace by doing the same thing. The governor pointed at the men in hoods. Train your guns on the angel. We will see what he is really. He saw that indeed the guns of this timeline were almost like the ones in his, maybe even better. Ironically, in a supposed reality where God reigns, there are better weapons to spit in the face of his commandment of, Thou shalt not kill. The binds of the prisoners were broken. They looked at Damon. Oh, thank you, Lord. Damon shook his head, knowing that claiming to be the Lord could have ramifications later on for his missions. I'm not the Lord. Worship him only. Go and commit no more sin. Carolyn White then dove for his feet. She must have tripped on something. Damon bent over and helped the woman up. Something started happening to his suit, however, as he touched the woman and the angelic look of his suit began to shift wildly into other forms, as if the television dial got a wobble during a broadcast. The crowd gasped in horror as the governor pointed at Dan. Deceiver! Destroy them! Run! Our ruse is ended! The governor and his troops started opening fire as two of the prisoners were killed instantly. Carrie was nailed in her leg as Damon tried to help her, but found that she had regained her strength for some unforeseen tenacity that eluded him. A voice with a female British accent came into his head. Where are we going? Are you in my head? Yes. I can't explain that right now. Where are we going? The crowd started gathering in front of them to block their path, some to scatter for their lives, and others to block their path to stop them. Damon began to panic. I have to get to the lamppost! I see your thoughts. I'm guessing that this is no ordinary lamppost. Hold on, I'll clear away for you. Several people were thrust wildly away from each other, creating a path for Damon to escort her down. They quickly made their way down the path of people. The governor was livid as he pointed toward Damon and Carolyn making their escape. Open fire! Get the witch! But minister, they're innocent people. We can't shoot at them. They are martyrs for the faith. God will reward them justly, but we must finish what we started. He then pointed at the people blocking the way. 
The governor finished commandeering the rifle and started opening fire on the crowd. The other hooded men reluctantly did so as well. Bodies fell before the barrage of bullets as Damon heard the cries of the people behind him. He quickly grabbed a hold of Carolyn, who now seemed to be going faster than he was. He looked down to see that she was floating over the ground a couple of inches. He started picking up the pace. I guess it doesn't change between worlds. Ruthless shit being done in the name of religion. You don't know the half of it. Unbeknownst to Damon and Carolyn White, they were being watched from on top of a larger building nearby. Kneeling down to avoid exposure was Roderick von Bismarck. He laughed quietly to himself. <laughs> hmm. You know, Watchmen, this always makes my day. Just when I think you have been one step ahead of me, I think to myself about this moment. He then stood up and grabbed a pocket watch out of his pocket. And I realize that you can hurt yourself a hell of a lot more than I can. <laughs> he disappeared from the rooftop as if he had just phased out of existence altogether. Down amidst the chaos, Damon put the proverbial pedal to the metal as he ran down the street trying to get to the alley where he left the lamppost. He heard what sounded like bells as well as the sound of galloping horses coming near him. He made his way toward the cul-de-sac and his heart grew glad as he saw the lamppost. Christ! I don't know if this is going to work or not. You mean you didn't have this planned, oh angel of the lord? Unfortunately, this is my first rodeo. What's a rodeo? Never mind. He responded as he looked at the lamppost quizzically. A look of worry came over Carolyn's face. The governor's horsemen are getting closer. Whatever you have to do, you better do it quickly, or else we are going to die. Damon grabbed onto the lamppost. Hold on to me. She grabbed him around his waist as he closed his eyes tight and thought of the Nexus Eternal. But nothing happened. The horsemen finally entered the cul-de-sac as some pulled guns from holsters and pointed them at Damon and Carolyn. Fuck! Why isn't this working? Carolyn closed her eyes and scanned his brain. She saw the catalyst in which all of this happened, as it was his blood that gave him access to the lamppost. She grabbed down to touch the bullet wound in her leg and touched the lamppost. Now! Carolyn yelled to Damon as he closed his eyes once more, just as the armed posse opened fire upon them. They fired at open air, because they were gone. But now in an aside from Dark Charm Media. Hi everybody, this is and finally welcome to our show. <laughs> I know, right? It took us 20 years to finally get our own show. So, what are we going to talk about? We talk about anything, kids are going to love us. We actually have our first dust coming to us from the bird's nest. Cut, cut, cut. What's wrong? We haven't even got started yet. I'm sorry to tell you this, but you guys have been canceled. People don't react as well anymore to hand puppets, guys. I'm truly sorry, but our CEO has decided to cut our losses and cancel the show. But we've only been on for 10 seconds! The fuck not in Baltimore is gonna hear about this? 20 goddamn years and now this? What the hell are they replacing us with? I'm not at liberty to say. You better not be an infomercial about spanks. It's an infomercial about padded bras. Why you? Bitch, you son of a bitch, you gotta get these hands, buddy! This 
Sue, stop! We need to, we need to have him alive to send a message to the CEO. You tell Mr. Atwell we will not be canceled! You tell him that his dear padded brown infomercial will die a horrible death and you'll be begging us to come back! Do you hear yes. me? Yes, I will. Don't hurt me anymore, okay? You think that is painful, huh? Do you know why they call me Raffles? Uh, I don't know. A plural mistake? It's because there is more than one version of me inside this body. Multiple personalities, and all of them are bad. Doug? You think Booster is bad? I am worse. <laughs> it's true! He makes you drink a serum that gives you the rings! Now go tell them our show's back in, or there will be T-R-O-Z-B-L-E. <laughs> so, you got beat up by two fucking hand puppets? These are their demands. Oh. <laughs> and now, back to the show. Damon opened his eyes as the sweat beaded off of him. Carolyn clutched him tightly under the blue, hazy light of the lamppost. He put his hand on her shoulder. I need blood in that arm, baby. I'm sorry. For your information, sir, I'm no infant. Are you from a time that doesn't address women with proper respect? Ah, <laughs> oh, you have no idea. She slowly let go from his shoulder and looked out into the void. What is this place? What is going on? Rafferty came out from out of the void. This time he was in the guise of Jacqueline Smith. He grinned as he looked upon the new disguise. That's the best one yet, Rafferty. <laughs> Damon's fantasy land was shattered as Carolyn screamed in bloody horror. She cowered to the floor of the Nexus Eternal. Damon stooped down in horror and looked at her. Carrie, are you okay? She turned away from Rafferty and closed her eyes. Oh, I can't look upon it. It is it's not what it looks like. This very visage is burning into my brain. Oh, God, it hurts. Rafferty sighed, as it seemed this situation displeased him. <sighs> Damon... I want you to listen carefully. Your friend is a telepath, isn't she? What if she is? What is she seeing? My powers of illusion keeps you from going insane to make sure that your subconscious mind doesn't see my true form. Her mind, however, is too strong for that to work on her brain. She sees me for what I am. It could kill her if she isn't careful. What possessed you to bring her here? You are a watchman. You are only supposed to observe. She was going to be burned at the stake for being a witch. What else was I going to do? Let it happen, Damon. That world is not your world. It isn't your job to be everyone's savior. Carrie kept her eyes closed and spoke in sobs. Please, I don't know what you are, but I beg you, don't send me back to that world. I, I wasn't made for that place at all, and all I want to do is live and let live. Telepath. You can't go back now, even if you wanted to. 
Your blood is now attuned to the lamppost. You mean... That the lamppost will not work anymore without both of you there. I only wanted to do what was right. You don't know what is right and wrong yet in the world of the Watch. If this is any indication of what your missions are going to be like in the future, we are in serious peril. Damon lifted Carrie to her feet and whispered to her. Just keep your eyes closed. Keep your mind blank as possible. You should be cool, okay? She responded as she started to shiver slightly as she was just in undergarments. <sighs> I think I'm more cold than cool at the moment, Angel. You don't have to call me that. My name is Damon. Damon Holloway. What was that name you called me? Carrie? I like that name. Please, talk to that being. Th there must be something you can do to rectify our current situation. Damon went back toward Rafferty but was gone. Rafferty, please come back! I need to talk to you! Rafferty did come back moments later, but this time in a new facade. That of Ronald Reagan himself. Here, take this. He gave Damon another suit much like his own. Give that to her. Thanks to your involvement, she has now joined the ranks of the Watchmen, and you will be the one who keeps an eye on her. If anything happens that jeopardizes the threads of creation, we will not hesitate to take action. Agreed? Damon stood there a moment as if to contemplate the terms. He then grabbed the garment from Rafferty and looked at Carrie, and then back toward Rafferty. Okay, my ass is on the line. I will take full responsibility. Very well, then. Rafferty disappeared back into the void. Damon walked over to Carrie. He's gone. You can open your eyes. Carrie opened her puffy eyes and struggled to her feet. Is there a place to sleep? Oh, I feel as if I haven't slept for a hundred years. And when I wake up, I want you to tell me about this new world I've just stumbled upon. Okay, I will. Here, put this on. It's a better thing to wear than what you were. She took the garment from him and unfurled it. She turned it around and noticed that there was just a jumpsuit, much like Damon's. They never let the women wear pants in my world. It was considered an act of defiance against God. Work of the devil. <laughs> pants? Work of the devil? <laughs> Only if they're too tight. Anyways, this isn't necessarily pants. This is actually like a uniform. And it can change to match the worlds or designs we need it for. So this explains your angelic appearance. <laughs> yeah. I uh, just imagine a world where all the people were luminous beings and it made it so. Then I touched you and chaos ensued. Will that happen with my suit? No idea. You and I, Miss White, are taking all this one step at a time. And uh, hopefully it doesn't kill us. Special effects by Zapsplat.com. Just like Heaven and Fascination Street by The Cure. Take on me, originally by Aha. But a cover by E-Rock331 and Pelike, Dark Charm Media, copyright 2022, all rights reserved.